This is the After Party, live with Kim McAllister and John Daly. Oh, hello. Good afternoon. <laughs> Happy Good Monday afternoon to you. to you. How's it going? Good. Are you still going? Oh, I'm a train wreck, actually. But I'm okay. I'm okay. It's, I just I'm got here. back from rappelling downtown. Um, got oh, some did good you? Exercise in. Yeah. Were you dancing on the side of buildings? Was that... Yeah. Did you know I have uh, experience repelling off the uh, Novato um, fire station tower? I did not know this. This is crazy. Wow. Get that in real quick. And I'm cheating. Don't tell anybody, but I'm drinking coffee from that place. Oh, from Starbucks. Look at you. Mm -hmm -hmm. Chit, chit, chit. This is the After Party Live. Thank you for joining us as we uh, end the Mark Thompson show, which let me tell you, that was a rough one. I got to tell yeah, you. Yeah, well, it's kind of like you were left on the island by yourself. So, yeah, I, don't know. I did my best. And then my computer stopped working in the middle of it all. So, that was impressive that mm. you uh, were able to reboot a computer and get uh, audio working again. I wasn't expecting that to happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, so that was impressive. Well, uh, it did. And I don't know how. Doug says $10 with a super sticker. Thank I you, think Doug. that's a vote of support. I needed it. Thank you, Doug. <laughs> <laughs> the super sticker is open. Yeah, here, take $10, Kim, really. We, we just, we don't know. Uh, well, I was thank just thinking, like, the... here, take the Mark Thompson show. Here, can you imagine yeah. if, like, um, you know, if uh, the people on Good Morning America just showed up and there were, like, no engineers and no sound people, they're like, yeah, just go. Click the button. Just click it yourself. Yeah, it was like it I'd never done a live show before, though. I'm like, oh, I don't know what to do. Yeah. Well, every it's time not... that happens, you appreciate engineering more and oh, more. Because it's totally not just about do. pressing buttons. It's about right. knowing what to do when things go wrong. And when. And so that you don't have out. to think about it, that you yeah. can just then focus on talking and, right. you know, being present. So, yeah. And I think if I did it every day, that it would be normal for me. But if you don't and you rely on other people, then it just be- kind of becomes like... You know, then it's your first day on job again, right? Yeah. 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 They might as well turn oh, you into AI. Wes. Wes with a $5 super sticker. Thank you for the vote of support you, there Wes. as well. We appreciate that. Um, so, yeah, APEC is happening. And I don't know. There are apparently there's laser lights in San Francisco. Did you see that? Have you seen them shooting up yeah, above they, the city? They use that same, I think it's the same light installation that they use during Pride. Okay. Um, but they're going to be using this during um, APEC. So this is pretty cool. It's beautiful. I yeah. mean, you can see it all over the place, right? How far reaching is it? Can you see it from where you are? Uh, as long as it's like, it's kind of line of sight, really. I mean, because there's going to be buildings in the way if you're further out in the city. But mm-hmm. if, you, if you're able to look straight down market, you'll see it. You know, you'll see it. Uh, they're very, very strong beams. And they said that if it rains or there's water in the air, that it's, it'll be stronger. Oh, really? So. Well, it's it's supposed to rain. We're going to get a storm tonight into tomorrow. This is the forecast, like the rain that won't come. The rain that won't. Well, it's supposed to be difficulty. Moderate to heavy rain, right? Right. Isn't they're saying it's hard to uh, predict this one or forecast it for some reason? Yeah, they didn't know whether it was going to be light or that it was hard to tell when exactly it was coming. But now they're thinking tonight into tomorrow. It's never easy in the weatherman business or weatherwoman business. I did something over the weekend. I. I put, I'm trying to purge things. I have, my living room was kind of a playroom. It was just full of toys and kids stuff. And they've outgrown a lot of it. And so- You're purging the toys, not the kids, right? No, keeping the kids and purging the toys and some old furniture as well. And so my sister said, just put it out in front of your house with a free sign on it. Yeah. Right? Mongo. Mongo. And I thought, 
I'm gonna, I hate when I, people do that. You look like the Beverly Hillbillies with all this, you know, junk laying outside of your house. But I did it. Thank you, and Julie. $5. Thank you, Julie, for the $5 super sticker. You're so kind. You're awesome, Julie, Julie. So I put four items out in front of my house, like a little table, a couple of rocking chairs, and a hall tree. And three of the four items are gone. I haven't checked today to see if the hall tree is gone. But Mongo, the Mongo situation did work for me. So that's pretty cool. Oh, there you go. Cool. You're yeah. starting um, a Petaluma Mongo. I think what I've also seen is people will post it on Facebook. Right. You know, like in the for sale section, but just saying for free, all you got to do is pick it up. Or um, your favorite website. What's that, the next door? The one that's laying people Oh, off. I hate that one. Do, yeah. How long do you think you leave free stuff outside of your house before you have to pick it up and take it away? How long is it? How long is it tacky? When does it become tacky to leave it out I would out say there? after maybe three days. Here, it's like, this is really funny. Like, I didn't think this would be true, but my roommate's like, just put it outside, it'll be gone. And like, by the time we went downstairs, it was gone. So like within <laughs> within hours, things were just gone. It's I had there, like extra, it's gone. I had some extra monitors that, um, they're working. I just don't have space for them. And I put them outside. Right. They were, I was like, well, this is going to take a while for them to, I was concerned about it raining or whatever. They're right. gone, like 30 minutes. Wow. Yeah, it depends on the traffic of your neighborhood. Like, you're not in a very high traffic area. No. No. But, but probably more it's more of a main street in this neighborhood than other right, streets than behind a me. Right, or something. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. But anyway, so anything big happened to you over the weekend? Oh, uh, no. No? I got a lot of sleep. <laughs> I love sleep. I love it. I love sleep if you haven't picked I up on it. I love it. Today, yeah. uh, I have my parent-teacher conference for Jacob. Didn't you just have that? Mm-mm. Or that was a back-to-school? That was back-to-school night. Yeah, oh, they really uh, no, make it hard the, for you, don't they? This is the parent-teacher conference where Never you go and they tell you about your child's, you know, Mistakes education thus far. Errors. No, <laughs> with Julia, it was always like, you know, I always knew what I was walking into because it was the right. same thing every time. With and, Jacob, it's yeah, different yeah, yeah. every time. Oh, no? oh. <laughs> yeah, it's always different. <laughs> we'll see how that goes. That's I can the, see Julia getting in trouble for it. Yeah, sometimes. Yeah. Talk to your neighbor a little too yeah. much. Yeah. Well, let's get into the animals because we have this uh, crazy story where there's a circus animal that escaped in, what was this, Italy, I think? Yeah, this is Italy. Yeah. And um, the video runs about a minute and we can talk over it. Um, this is pretty cool. I mean, not cool. It's a circus animal. And I think everyone's yeah. kind of, we're getting to yeah. the point where we all realize that, you know, yeah. animals shouldn't be contained and i think circuses with animals should just mm -hmm. stop don't you think i agree i can yeah so let's agree. check out this video and you can uh, blinker can you hear us? okay yeah. yeah so there's this lion that started yeah. to panic it's prowling the streets of this italian seaside town near rome for several oh, hours yeah. escaped from a circus can you imagine you're looking down I can't imagine looking out my window and seeing a lion walking down the street. That's crazy. She's like, Madonna Santa, mamma mia. <laughs> <laughs> Look at this. this. So we're looking at a lion just kind of okay, like... Keep your windows closed. Pacing back yeah, and forth. Yeah. They warn residents to stay at home. Police and surf circus staff sought to catch the animal. And it's uh, going down the street. They got... <laughs> they have police uh police going down they uh down the street and they located the animal in a rural area area with the help of this like night vision thermal vision and uh finally we're able to um to hit it with a tranked dart and take it back to the circus but oh, poor, man. Poor animals 
That's he should wild. be off in Africa chilling yeah. with his homies. But now, I mean, now that it's used to human beings feeding it, right? Right. It, I don't know if it was born in captivity or not. Does it yeah. have the, you know, is it able to take care of itself in the wild? Could you release an animal like that? Well, I think they have preserves where yeah. people can tend to them and, you know, take care. I've, I, but I think that would be a better life than living in a cage. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. And and being made to perform for the for the um, merriment of humans. You know so, what's better than um, living on a cage is living on the beach. I love to live on the beach. There is a situation. What we have here is a situation, a situation in Hawaii. And I've seen many times in Hawaii where you go to the beach and it looks like this, where you have turtles, sea turtles that are sunning themselves on either the rocks or the beach the difference here is they took over a really popular beach and you don't usually see them here. Oh, this no. is Poipu Beach in Kauai, where a lot of people, it's a big tourist spot in Hawaii. A lot of people go and swim and snorkel. But now there's all these sea turtles here at Poipu Beach. And so there's a team of volunteers. They're setting up safety cones and signage. Uh, there, see, there she is setting up the signs. Don't bother them because you, it, by law, you can't get too close to sea turtles. See what happens when you don't have to worry about the pictures. You have someone else doing it. Yeah, look at that. Someone doing yeah. that for you. Hoo hoo. What you have, what you have is you can't get too close to them by law. So now people have to stay off Poipu Beach. So they're standing back. Look at how cute they are. They're taking pictures of them, but you have to stay at least 10 feet away. That's how close you're legally allowed to get to these green sea turtles because they're a wow. threatened species. There was one girl, little girl, who ran away from her mom and tried to run giggling through the turtles. And the volunteer said, oh, no, no, no. <laughs> and they had to pull the kid out of there. No, no, no. Can't do it. So, yeah, this is, um, they don't know why exactly they've decided to claim Poipu Beach every single night. Until two years ago, the sea turtles rarely came ashore at this beach. But now, wow, look at them all. It's crazy. They're just all over the beach like this. Maybe they have so, like a new timeshare deal. You know, they have a new travel agent. They think that. They're using <laughs> their points. They have a lot of points built up. It's the Poipu uh, timeshare. Yeah. Yeah. No, two years ago, the pandemic led to the closure of many beaches. And that is when the turtles started coming. So when there stopped being a lot of people there, they started showing up. And it right. hasn't stopped since the restrictions were lifted. And so there's this nightly thing where people gather, you see, up top to take pictures of these turtles. Uh, at least 100 turtles a night show up. The turtles must have been like, oh, those a-holes have moved out. <laughs> yeah, we can move in. And now they're like, and we're not giving it back. So the end. Well, if I was a turtle, I would take whatever I wanted. You know, I think you're entitled. Um, let's go down so under. Too. We like to spend a lot of time down under. We um, do. Bird experts in Australia are flocking to a Queensland resort to catch a glimpse of a rare visitor, a Nicobar pigeon, the closest living mm -hmm. relative of the extinct dodo. You ready oh. to see it? Yeah. Let's check this out. It's like a technicolor pigeon. It's like blue and purple and green. Kind of looks like um, a peacock without the like tail. A, yeah, peacock with yeah. just the the body of a pigeon, <laughs> like an urban, an right. urban uh, peacock. Yeah, it's That's so interesting. Pretty. Yeah, they. I, I guess it's really far from home, huh? Yeah, the species named for India's Nicobar Islands is native to Southeast Asia. 
And the head of BirdLife Australia Citizen Science Program said the, uh, the avian has wandered more than 900 miles from the species' nearest breeding grounds. Wow. Talk about a vacation. 900 miles. Yeah. I'll take it. That's cool. <laughs> You'll take it. Uh, I think you found my dream job. Oh. My dream job. Hosting the Mark get... Thompson Show, engineering the Mark Thompson Show, producing the Mark Thompson Show? Well, that's a pretty good job. Okay. This is a job where you apparently they'll pay me $2,500 to just sit and watch Christmas movies. Oh, there really? you go. That's all? That's it? Uh, they say it's from cabletv.com. The job is watch Christmas movies. It's an online platform which provides cable information, news, access to uh, customer discounts. They're looking to fill its chief of cheer position. The job pays you 2500 bucks to watch 25 Christmas movies for 25 days. Only one Christmas movie a day? That's all I have to watch for 25 days? Sold. Employees will be asked to rate the films on nostalgia, heartwarming storytelling, and holiday cheer. Anyone 18 or older can apply. The application open till December 1st. And I think I might apply for this. You've been waiting yeah. your whole life for this. I've been waiting my... <laughs> never seen anything like this. This is what I got to do. This is my Eric's, calling. Eric's saying, though, that it's um, not enough money for him. Mm, yeah. What, $2,500? Not enough money to watch Christmas movies? I'd kind of watch them for free, Eric. I like a good Oh, you Christmas already do, movie. right? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I sent yeah. you... Um, I sent you a funny uh, onion headline. It was um, <laughs> scientists have uh, are near discovering a, a second plot for uh, Hallmark Channel movies. You sent me that meme, and I sent it to my mother, and she thought it was true. <laughs> She's like, "Oh, finally!" And I'm like, "No, mom, that's a meme." No, <laughs> <laughs> she thought it was true. That's funny. Oh, that works on many, many different levels. Pretty um, good. Pretty crazy. Speaking of pretty crazy. This next video, or no, I'm not going to do video. This is a Guinness World Record, and we know that we can't show video from No, Guinness. we get busted for that. But yeah, gosh, so we'll I do a screenshots. But a mattress mm. company in the Philippines broke a Guinness World Record by gathering 2,355 people and mattresses and toppling them like di uh, donimo, dominoes. Mattress firm Uratex celebrated its 55th anniversary by breaking the record for the largest human mattress dominoes. Uh, they chose, chose the number uh, intentionally. 2,355 with 23 representing the year to 2023 and 55 representing the years that the company has been in operation. Uh, they took a couple practice runs before they assembled human, humans and mattresses to topple in their official attempt. The chain reaction was set off by the CEO and the entire procession of falling humans lasted for over 20 minutes. Can you imagine? <laughs> Check this out. You know, everyone at Wait, the company so they had like, people. they all had people on them? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's that whole point. Human mattresses. Um, so can you imagine everybody who works for the company is like, oh my God, you won't believe what they're making us do. <laughs> I hope we get a holiday bonus for this one. Yeah. As if it's oh, like it's working for the company is not bad enough. Yeah. So how many over. did they have? 2,355. Wow. That's wild. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Did they make the record? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> the most dehumanized right. uh, number of employees. <laughs> Cause I'm guessing they're In... mostly employees. In San Francisco, they're doing something that I think is very after party live. All right. Oh. They took sand, I think six tons of it. Yeah, six oh. tons. Oh, whoa. And they dumped it in a bar in the Marina District. It's beach party week oh, at this bar in the Marina. Yes. So they brought this sounds in. Sounds like something from the Marina. <laughs> they brought in six tons of sand. 
Apparently the tables are raised up a few inches. So when you're sitting at your table, you don't have to have your feet in the sand. I think it would have been great to just have the whole place covered in sand. But it reminds me of the outside bars. And I think there's one called Hula Grill. They're, they're kind of off the beach, maybe at the end of a shopping mall. But the sand, you know, they put the sand there, but it just kind of fits there. Mm-hmm. You know, this sand, I don't know if it looks this really looks like, good. This looks like a pain in the ass for the staff. Kind of, it was. They have to scoop it up outside and put it in the bar. And then after, it's only there for the weekend. So it's there for like three or four days. And then oh, they so have to just, scoop it all, scoop so it up and put it back it outside everywhere. to be, yeah. But I yeah. like it. Uh, they have, it's very, be, it's very beachy. I don't think I'm going to be able to make it before they scoop it all up and take it away. Because yesterday, they removed the six tons of sand from the bar's floor. I'm, it, it was spread out on Wednesday, and then on Sunday it was taken away. It just seems like way too short of a time period to go to that much trouble, right? I mean, it's very Marina. When I was a bartender in the city, if, if we had like obnoxious bros or like screaming girls, we'd always like try to like refer them to the Marina. Like, mm-hmm. you know, this is where this <laughs> you is where your here? people this is where your people live. You want to yeah. go here. So this, I think, fits in with the uh, Marina the, brand. It's on brand. The bar has a beach vibe. It's kind of a beach party kind of bar. It's called Del Mar. Uh-huh. So, you know, they had some beach chairs in the sand. They Apparently, they were saying, see, I think if you're going to cover your your bar in sand, that you should just always have it covered in sand. It should be like shoes off at the door. It's kind of like a- kitty litter for everyone that's vomiting. Ew, gross. Well, how else are they going to clean up spills and... Well, I mean, if you spill a drink, it will just absorb into the sand. Yeah, but they did I mean, say the people if, that were walking on it did say it felt kind of wet. Yeah, so if so, I mean, people, I'm so, I hate to break it to you, but people vomit in bars, so yeah, gross. Built-in kitty litter. Why do you have to wreck it for me? It was all tropical and beachy, you. and I mean, now there's the, barf in the sand. Look at that mat. Just cleaning that mat alone. Sorry, PTSD. Yeah, well, it's gone now. They <laughs> bought the six tons of sand from a landscape company, put it in. You know, and then what? Five days later, put it back out. Was yeah. it four seasons? <laughs> I don't think it was not the four seasons, but people said they didn't they didn't realize it was happening, so they showed up to the bar. Then maybe they're they were confused. wearing high heels or shoes right. that you know they didn't want all sandy. Some people just turned around at the door and they're like, "Yeah, not for me." Yeah. Other people were like, "I got my flip flops on. I'm good to go." Yeah. So, all the Kims, yeah. all the Kims of the world gathered. Yeah, around. I would have just kicked off my shoes and gone for it, but okay. Uh, so we have some good news. Um, researchers say they've located a kill switch that can trigger the death of cancer cells. So good. Scientists at the UC Davis, shout out to UC Davis. What's their uh, mascot? Do you know? Aggies. Aggies. Mm-hmm. Shout out to the Aggies. Scientists at the UC Davis Comprehensive Cancer Center uh, have identified a protein on the CD5, or I'm sorry, the CD95. I know you keep a track of this. The CD95 receptor that can program cancer cells to die. As detailed in a study published in the journal Cell Death and Differentiation. Wow, that's a journal. Um, A receptor is a protein within a cell that receives and transmits signals, right? So these CD95 receptors, also referred to as FAS, I know you're taking notes, Kim, have gained the nickname nickname death receptors because they send a signal that causes cancer cells to self-destruct. Previous efforts to target the receptor have been unsuccessful, but now we've identified the epitope uh, target 
there could be a therapeutic path forward to target FAS in tumors, uh, an associate professor in the Department of Medical Microbiology and Immunology mm -hmm. and senior author of the study said in the release, experts are hopeful that the future cancer drugs could boost the activity of these CD95 receptors to create a new weapon against cancer tumors, which have been treated historically with surgery, chemotherapy and radiation. Just imagine like the efficiency of being able to just have them kill themselves. Phineas says, pray this is true. I want my cancer cured before it kills me. We want that too, oh, Phineas. Yeah, Phineas. The problem with something like this is, is they find this, they do this research and then it takes them a while because they have to then do it on, I would imagine they have to do animal research before they go to human research, right? To they to then get approved to try it on humans. And how long does this take? Yeah, not, not everything goes through animals, but, um, We'll have to keep our I, I eye on know. this. Um, yeah, no, UC despite, Davis has a big animal research center. Yeah, despite really being uh, decently successful in liquid tumors such as leukemia spectrum cancers, long-term remission remains the biggest challenge for these uh, therapies. And it looks like it's really expensive. Uh, it typically costs half a million dollars oh, God. or more. Uh, it's only shown meager success in uh, treating solid tumors. But um, their study strongly this? provides a comprehensive takeaway and potential solution to transform the meager success uh, oh, these are the previous therapies, sorry. The okay. previous therapies cost that much and were, were not as successful. So well, this sounds like, you know, you hear these, you know, every so often it's like, oh, it's a groundbreaking research coming out and then it, another, yeah. it never comes to fruition. But this is from the UC Davis Comprehensive Cancer Center. These, these are They're pretty these comprehensive people, over there. These people are the real deal. No, they're really, I mean, it's a great school and they're doing great work. And this sounds really promising. So, Phineas, yeah. I hope so, too. I the study really did have some limitations. Namely, there's limited data from clinical trials. Um, they mm -hmm. say, however, the cancer researchers can now go back and collect human, here you go, human tumor samples from clinical trials and perform new analyses yeah. in light of the findings. So they're going to go back and uh, try this, uh, this, uh, this procedure, this therapy on uh, existing uh, cancer cells. Yeah, so, it can take a while, as Phineas is saying here. You know what I don't, one of the things I don't understand, and I, I know we have such a thing as medical ethics, right? But if someone has a terminal cancer, yeah, and they're at the point where they'll try anything, then why not? You know, why not just see if it works? That's what sometimes seems to make more sense to me. Yeah, um, they'll, get, they'll get there. I mean, yeah. I mean, obviously, science is about discovery, and you, you're not going to figure. Mm -hmm. If we knew all the answers, we wouldn't need to find them, right? So it's just gotta, frustrating to have a research like this come out and have it take so long to get to the people who need it. Yeah, I mean, because this how just many goes to show that we should meantime. be spending as much money as we can on cancer research or just research in general for medical conditions. I mean, if we Absolutely. have the money, billions of dollars to do stupid things and pay for sports stadiums and whatnot. Well, I truly hope it. I hope it's as a big a discovery as it's being made out to be definitely now this well, next story not as not, important not half as important <laughs> no we're downgrading in stories there's a drive-through denny's there's it's a, a small great place town. to talk about cancer treatments i've never seen a drive-through denny's before so That's you can it get didn't your exist, right what is it what's their breakfast there is it the um the slam grand slam grand okay, your denny's grand slam i was gonna say denny's... slam damn yeah, grand, <laughs> grand slam <laughs> It's in Kerman. You know Slam where Kerman it. is? K-E-R-M-A-N? It's right I by think, the Whole Foods. Right. Well, absolutely. It's the all-day breakfast chain planning to open the state's first drive-through on White's Bridge Avenue in Kerman, California. They say the first hundred guests and through the drive-through can expect to receive a free Denny's coffee mug and free coffee for a month. 
Wow. They've got a ribbon cutting ceremony today. And a lot of positive comments as well. They say it's a, not the first time that Denny's has opened a drive through restaurant. In t- 2007, they did it in Indianapolis. Um, that featured and, and there's three... no Whole Foods in Kerman, by the way. No. You have to go about 20, 20 something miles to Fresno. My also, bad. they have to do, they can't, you can't get the Grand Slam. Like they had to do, they did three breakfast sandwiches at that one. So it'll be something that they can hand you through a window that you could eat while you're driving. Right, they're not going to be guess. throwing you like over easy <clears throat> eggs. Yeah, it's a limited, it's a limited menu at the Kerman Denny's. Yeah. Isn't Kerman like right off I-5? Uh, it is halfway between I-5 and 99. Look at you. Okay. Or a little, little, little closer to 99. Moon's over my hammy. Yeah, is that what it is? That's one of their other ones. <laughs> I thought that that was IHOP. Moons over my hand. Maybe it's Denny's. Oh, I don't maybe know. it is. Yeah. Um, they say Sorry, it's not my area of expertise. That will not be our trivia this week. That ordering pancakes from a drive-through window might sound odd, but a study, the study people from Technomic, found drive-through traffic at fast food restaurants has spiked between uh, about thirty percent between 2019 and 2022. So more people, maybe people don't want to go in and eat anymore because a lot of people are still scared maybe of COVID in a in a sit-down restaurant. Well, if you look know. at all the new McDonald's, that the, you know, like they knock them down, they build, they remodel them. They don't right. have a lot of space for you to go inside anymore. It's all drive-through. drive-through like the Petaluma are... drive-through, it's been yeah. split into two drive-through lanes. They have like pull-up uh, parking spaces for them to run out with your food. Same thing with Target, right? You do that, right? Where you sit there and they bring all your stuff to you. Yeah, I do that all the time. We're on our way to that. What's that movie? The Disney movie where everyone just Wally. Flips. Wally. Everyone's Everyone in a schmoo, like, little schmoo thing, schmoo riding cart. around on a. Yeah, we're yeah. all going to be in like these golf carts, like yeah. uh, little uh, Donald Trumps. Donald oh Trumps just on the, on the golf course. Horrible. Um, <laughs> we've been talking a lot lately about AI and how AI is trained is something up for debate, like how it gets its information, right? Yeah. Maybe we don't necessarily like the way this is going. So on the one hand, it's scraping up all that information off the internet, but uh, it has to be trained, right? Mm-hmm. So, and then they base the decision-making off of uh, the training that they receive. Well, it looks like in Finland, they are using prison labor to train AI. Um, this is pretty crazy. They, they, these people are getting three-hour shifts they're paid about $1.67 an hour, and this laptop is uh, programmed to show marmalade short chunks of, this is the name of the person, the person's name is Marmalade. She's not looking at Marmalade. Uh, she's shown uh, short chunks of text about real estate and then asked yes or no um, questions about what she just read. One question is, is the previous paragraph referring to a real estate decision rather than an application? Um, marmalade says it's a little boring. She's not entirely sure the purpose of the exercise. Maybe she's helping create a customer service chatbot she muses. In fact, she is training a large language model owned by Metric, a Finnish startup that has created a search engine designed to help construction companies, get this, help construction companies find newly approved building projects. What? That's that's awfully specific. Help construction companies find newly approved building projects. To do so, Metric needs data labelers to help it its models understand clues from news articles and municipality documents about upcoming building projects. The AI has to be able to tell the difference between a hospital project that's already been commissioned um, with an architect for a window uh, or a window fitter, for example, and the projects might still be hiring, right? So they they need to know. So Mm -hmm. um, 
around the world, millions of so-called click workers are training artificial intelligence models. So this just goes to show you that this technology is not without people, right? Yeah. All these people have to train it, right? And teach it. And it has to kind of like make decisions based off of human intelligence, right? Is modeling right. off of our intelligence. Um, so they're teaching the difference. Uh, these machines are teaching the difference between pedestrians and palm trees, the combinations of words that describe violence or sexual abuse. Um, usually these workers are stationed in the global south where wages are cheap. OpenAI, for example, has been outsourcing uh, to Kenya, Uganda, and India. That arrangement works for American companies operating in the world's mo you know, most widely spoken language, English. But there are a lot of people... In the, there aren't a lot of people in the, you know, the global south who speak Finnish. So because they need this in Finnish language, they're going after prison labor. Um, it's pretty insane. But this is just going to show you that this technology is not, it's not, it's not simple, right? It's not just like, oh, you turn on the computer and the computer has all the answers, right? There's a lot of people involved in this. Yeah. Beyond just the computers and technology. Is it right it's... to use the prisoners? No. And no. And that's mm -hmm. the that, and that's how intelligent we want the AI to be. Well, they're I'm not saying, saying prisoners aren't intelligent. But... Finland's prison system is saying that they focus on rehabilitation, and this is part of helping them okay. get uh, into a tech job, right? Oh, H all right. Helping them figure out something Train better it. to do with their lives. Yeah. Okay. Right? Giving them a positive feeling because they and um, everyone knows it's it's voluntary there, so you know, I guess I could see it. It's better than just sitting there and rotting. Do they get paid for it? dollar 67 an hour oh so it's like youtube wages oh ai isn't going to want to pay anybody for anything no <laughs> all right well let's move to these uh this is an uplifting story there are two okay. million animal species at risk of extinction oh it's the saddest thing you have seen most of them are insects as featured here this beautiful butterfly the Guardian reported the number of species at risk of extinction has increased to 2 million. Some of them are, you know, larger animals. Most of them are insects. But the number of animal species at risk of extinction doubled from 1 million in 2019 to 2 million now. The Apparently, the opening lines of this study in PLOS One is nature is declining globally at rates unprecedented in human history. We've never seen anything like this. The rate of species extinction is accelerating with grave impacts um, on people around the world. Uh, apparently, one of the problems is ecosystems, right? So it's maintaining and restoring sustainable land and water use. And that's crucial to minimizing the future biodiversity declines. The need for increased urbanization is reducing the nat natural environment for animals. So some of them that are gone, again, mostly insects, 97% of all animals are invertebrates. Um, and many are, uh, of course, the insects. And so there's way too many of those to mention. But the larger animals, rhinos, are Already Republicans in name only? <clears throat> no, with an H, like a real rhino. Are uh, they like prosecutors out to get me? No, they're black no. rhinos. They're northern oh. white rhinos. They're Javon rhinos. There are only 3,000 black rhinos left. There are only 18 Javon rhinos left and two northern white rhinos left in the world. Wow. Some of the problem is poaching, habitat loss, illegal selling of their horns, but they're highly at risk. Amur leopards, the rarest big Who's cat on earth. buying horns at this point? 
I can't imagine. I mean, somebody in some other country, not us. Uh, Sayolas are bovines that live in the forests of, of Vietnam and Laos, and they were recently discovered as one of the rarest species. Vaquitas, they are a porpoise species that lives in the range of the Gulf of California. <laughs> Thank you for that. Yeah. Uh, there might not be any more vaquitas on Earth, especially in Baja, California, is where they, they live. Two pangolin species are at risk of uh, extinction. The hammerhead shark are one of the largest endangered species in the Although, oceans today. Although if you're close today. to extinction, I'd go down to Baja too. Yeah, well, nice way to end it all. Five out of the nine hammerhead shark species are at risk of extinction today. Um, and so, yeah, two million. We, we need to be careful. We're going to lose these guys. Yeah, that's sad. Yeah. Well, on that down and uh, sad <laughs> note, let's take a break. And we'll be right back on the After Party oh. Live. Yep. The After Party Live is underwritten by our audience, and without you, this show wouldn't be possible. If you can contribute $10, $15, or $20 a month, it would keep this party a rockin'. The PayPal link can be found in the About section of the YouTube channel or at the bottom of the show description. Any dollar amount is appreciated, and it all adds up. On behalf of Kim and myself, thank you for your consideration. Aloha, bitches. It's the After Party Live. Huge, huge big thank you to our ongoing contributors. We want to call out Lee S. and Susan S. Thank you for your ongoing support of the After Party Live. And, and huge helping us thank from you. becoming a um, an endangered species. That's right. Or extinct show. even. Thank you to Doug for the $10. So appreciated. Wes for the 5 And Julie for the 5 You guys rock. Thank you for helping support the After Party Live. Very cool. Um, this mm -hmm. next story is a little intense, like this photo. Scientists say, Ooh. scientists say there may have been a second Big Bang. Get that? Really? Instead of oh. a single Big Bang that brought the universe into existence billions of years ago, cosmologists are starting to suspect that there may have been a second transformative event that could explain the vast abundance of dark matter in the universe. As New Scientist reports... Uh, our recent glimpses into early moments of the universe just millions of years after the Big Bang could allow us to gain new insights into this dark Big Bang. Ooh, ominous. Which mm. could solve a conundrum that's been plaguing astronomers for almost half a century. Dark matter is the hypothetical form of matter that doesn't interact with light or electromagnetic fields in any way, yet appears to make up roughly 27% of the known universe. Astronomers have long attempted to explain why clusters of galaxies move in ways that our existing standard model of physics can't account for. To make this math work, the dominant explanation is that there's a bunch of stuff out there that we just can't see. Despite our best efforts, however, we're still unable to observe the matter directly. Um, so this is pretty cool. Um, now some researchers are wondering whether a second Big Bang might have brought the exotic substance into existence after the regular matter that we're accustomed to dealing with. You know, all those people we interact with every day. <laughs> people always assume everything is created at the same time in a single big bang but who really knows a uh, physics professor at uh, university of texas austin told new scientists in a yet to be peer-reviewed paper uh, she and her colleagues suggest that a big bang uh, a darker a dark big bang may have occurred when the universe was less than one month old they suggest that the event could have formed several different kinds of dark matter including get this ready for it dark zillas yes what? that's a godzilla reference which are mon monstrously, 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 Mon monstrously, 
monstrously, thank you, or monstrosly if you're John. Size particles <laughs> 10 trillion. <laughs> the coffee's working, I think. 10 trillion times the mass of a single proton. You ever run in those words where you realize I've never I've never uh, read that when, before? When really you've seen I've it 50 times, but it. your brain is just like, right, I I've don't never get said this. It. I've never said yeah. it out loud before. Yeah, yeah, there's never been anything like this. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, these particles aren't unlike one of the leading dark matter candidates called weakly interacting massive particles or WIMPs. Oh, that's not the name you want. Weakly yeah. interacting massive particles, which astronomers have uh, posited for decades to explain the mysterious forces falling outside the standard model of physics. So uh, they're now hoping that studying uh, gravitational waves emerging from the universe's gravitational wave background could shed more light on the Mm. dark Big Bang theory. I found that fascinating. It is. They had me at Darkzilla. I'm ready for it. Yeah. (laughs) They had me at Monstrosily. (laughs) Monstrosily. Monstrosily. Maui's had enough trouble, but of late, but now there's something really interesting happening. I don't know if you've seen these pictures, but this is cool. I have. There is a pond in Maui. Pond. It's called uh, Kealia Pond. It's in South Central Maui. Uh huh. It's a pond right by the uh, Sugar Beach, and it turned bright pink. Well, and so people sugar. in the area were driving by. It's kind of magenta, like a hot, hot pink. Yeah. People are driving by, going, "Is that water pink? And what spilled in there? And what happened? Yeah. Did somebody that just die in the water?" It does not. And it doesn't have, it's, I don't want to say it's never happened, but it's a very odd occurrence. You don't want to say we've never seen anything like this before? No, this is not the norm in this area. Okay. Okay. Thank God. Apparently it is though natural. The U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service oversees this pond, which is part of a refuge. And they say the pink water is caused by a halo bacteria found in waters with high salinity. And Kaalia's levels are twice the salinity of seawater. It's not toxic, they don't think. They sent the samples <laughs> to think. the... You they don't think. You go swim in it. They you like, go drink Stay it. out of it, but we don't <laughs> think it's toxic. So they sent the samples to the University of Hawaii to be tested. They don't know how long it's going to last, uh, but people are flocking to take pictures they say it's a rare sight, so there's a lot of spectators out there. People say it's really cool looking. It's unlike anything I've ever seen. I've driven here thousands of times. It's the first time I've ever seen it pink like this. Pinky has yeah. the perfect comment. Pepto Pond. Pepto Pond perfect is what it comment looks like. coming from Pinky. Pinky, Pinky Pinky's pink. Pepto Pond. Yes. Wild. I mean, I, if I, you'd have to do a double take. Leak at the nearby Pepto Bismol factory. Yeah, it kind of looks John. like a nail polish. Yeah. I mean, I'm. Sh- I'm sure it doesn't if you're up close to it, but the aerial pictures are really weird. Although well, I'm sure I've seen pictures, side too. I've seen pictures down a little lower too. Yeah, and it, it's it's really creepy looking. Yeah, no, it definitely looks like somebody dumped something in there. Um, no bueno. What no a bueno. sight! But apparently, ever since it's happened, there's been quite a crowd. Everyone trying to take selfies at the pink pond. Well, the pink pond's not the only um, individual with uh, too much salt in its system. Mm. People. Eat less People salt. need to eat less salt. Cutting one teaspoon. Now, I know you. we have this conflicting information all the time. Here's one that I think mm-hmm. you can make work. Cutting one teaspoon of salt works as well as blood pressure medications, according to really? a new study. Huh. Yeah. Just cutting one teaspoon of salt from your diet every day. I don't think I, like, besides salt that's built into, you know, foods, I'm not, like, 
Are you adding See, salt to things? No. I I mean, my husband cooks, and he does use salt when he cooks, but yeah. nothing is sound. Does, I don't think it's over salt. My mom cooks with very, like, barely any salt, um, mm-hmm. which I benefited from because she doesn't like salt. But um, each each day, if you cut one teaspoon, you could lower your top blood pressure reading just as much as typical hypertension medication, even if you don't have high blood pressure, according to this new study. A teaspoon is about 2,300 milligrams. That's the top daily limit for people 14 Uh, people over the age of 14, recommended by U.S. nutritional guidelines. However, the American Heart Association recommends a diet with less than 1,500 milligrams of sodium a day. This is the first study to show that people who are already on blood pressure medication can lower their blood pressure even more by limiting sodium. Um, So that's good news. Uh, I mean, I would rather just eat less salt than I would be on medication for it, right? Yeah, but I mean, if, if you're on... You know, if you're on medication already, I don't think reducing salt's not going to be enough. I think at that point, I think that's what my doctors or my parents' doctors have told them. Right? The if you're at that point, you want to do everything yeah. you can, but you know, if you need the medication, you need it. That's the way we convinced my mom to do it. The problem she is, I think a lot of people are eating salt and not realizing how much salt is in everything we eat. Because they're eating American especially, food. Especially, yeah, processed food or food in restaurants yeah. or whatever. The number one you cause of having too much yeah. salt is eating American food. Right. You just don't realize. I mean, if we knew that, you know, how much salt intake we were supposed to have, because you need to have some versus how much we're eating, then I think we would look at it and go, oh, yeah, we got to. Yeah. I mean, if you look at like Mediterranean diet, like, you know, Greek and Italians and Mm -hmm. what they're eating, like that's the kind of diet my mom has kind of like modeled for us. Like if you're used to that. Um, then it doesn't, it, it seems perfectly fine, right? And then when you have the salt, you're like, oh my God, there's too much salt in this. They're, oh, wow, this is crazy. Weird. And if you go to fine dining restaurants, like they use salt, right? Because they want to bring right. out every flavor. And it's, um, that's kind of the whole point of those, those kinds of, of that kind of cooking. Uh, but high blood pressure is often called the silent kill- killer because it's, um, you know, there's no symptoms. The only way to know if you have it is to test for it. Yet hypertension affects one in three adults worldwide and can lead to heart attack, heart failure, kidney damage, and stroke. We are uplifting today. On the after party live. Um, anyway, I thought I thought that was uh, I think it's good to know. Good to know you can um, if you're you know concerned with uh, high blood pressure, uh, cut out your salt. Cut out your salt. Just uh, what is it? Uh, one teaspoon or tablespoon less per day. A teaspoon. Hmm. Yeah. Um, I'm going off script. I know. Are you going? You hate it. You hate it when I do this. And you think, honestly, that I'd have enough problems today. I just take no responsibility for the next segment. I just wanted to throw out this story because I think you will think it's funny that apparently McDonald's is out with something new just for you, John Daly. Healthy food? No. Oh. McDonald's Crocs. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, McDonald's is releasing custom-designed Crocs. The the. Clogs, the clogs, the Crocs will cost between seventy and seventy-five dollars. They drop on Tuesday. The companies are teaming up to offer Crocs based on the mascots Grimace, Hamburglar, and I Birdie. I wouldn't wear as- that if it was like a free giveaway. <laughs> Who's going to pay seventy-five bucks to be a walking billboard for McDonald's? Uh, this That's is the classic red and, and yellow colorway, but you can get uh, Hamburglar, Grimace, Crocs as well. There are matching socks for each pair at $20. They'll be available at Crocs retail locations and wholesale partners. You can get your McDonald's Crocs. They'll be in the clearance bin in about seven days. I mean, seriously, who wears that? Unless it's Even if it's free, I'm not wearing it. No, I'm not loving it. Maybe teenagers will like it. 
premium Maybe. quality product. It's plastic. So I know. No, it's actually not plastic. It's something else. Oh, is that, it's a form it's, of plastic. It's, it's some type of, it's a form of rubber. Yeah. But oh, that makes it better. Yeah. But I will say that Crocs have had a resurgent resurgence with kids, uh, especially of junior high and high school age. They all have Crocs and they all wear Crocs with socks. So maybe somebody's thinking, okay, you know, we're not doing very well. People eating less meat, whatever. But if we can get the kids to come back and the kids to think we're cool, we'll make these Crocs and we'll do it that way. Yeah, it's um, polyethylene vinyl acetate. So mm -hmm. it's not rubber and it's not plastic, but it's made from crude oil. So I'm just going to call it plastic. It's made from crude oil. <laughs> Solidified oil. So I wanted to do the, uh, the croc story. Okay, yeah. some entertainment news. This is a big one. They put a lot of money into this movie. That's the brand yeah. new Marvel movie. Speaking of another failure. Mm, the Marvels opened uh, last, well, it opened on, I think, Thursday night, Friday last week. and Nobody knows because no one went to see it. No, it broke a record, uh, but not a good record. It opened about $14.5 million, and it set a record for the lowest Thursday to Friday opening ever for a Disney Marvel release. Hey, I'll mm. take a $14 million show. Yeah, well, it, may, it was supposed to make a lot more money. A lot more money. So, yeah, they are um, apparently looking at this movie going, uh-oh, what happened? This Marvel's movie cost $200 million to make. Oh, never mind. I'm out. And I'm out. It will never break even, uh, but it will lose a lot of money. I don't know this, if this it's bad. This is the problem or... with the lack of creativity is like they get mm. one idea, it makes money, and then they just milk it until it doesn't. You know, that's the risk that they take by, you know, just pounding out this crap over and over again it's overexposed just like everything else it's like it's just too much so they say it had a 47 million dollar opening weekend but it's still the lowest company opening weekend for that particular marvel uh universe band yeah. of movies so no. they didn't do so well jim says mm -mm. Uh, jim puts it well uh no 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 no, no. Mm -mm. yeah mcu fatigue and kathleen kennedy let's <laughs> leave Martinez, um, everyone is tired of these superhero movies. I haven't even seen, I've only seen like maybe three total in the last 10 years or whatever, and yeah. I'm over it. My kids asked to watch them, but they're very, very violent in some cases. There's a um, Doctor Strange or Doctor Who one that came out, and I was reading the review on Common Sense Media, and it talked about the the burning to the ground of a whole village, the snapping of necks, like all this stuff. I don't want my nine-year-old to see that. So I'm not going to watch that. They have to clean it up. If they want people, if they want families to go watch these movies, they have to clean it up. Yeah, that's Doctor Strange. Yeah. Probably Multitude of, or Multiverse of Madness. Yes, that's right. Did you see yeah. it? No, I just Googled it. Oh, Google that's exactly. It. That's what he wanted to watch. He's like, let's watch this. I'm like, no. 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 Mm -mm. Um, something a little more um, friendly for you and your family. Um, I'm not going to put that back up. Um, do you watch uh, Survivor or Amazing Race? Love Survivor. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, you know that they. It's my they guilty airing, pleasure. They've been they've been airing 90 minute episodes uh, due to the writer strike and the um, and then of course SAG is on strike, yeah. and uh, they flip flopped like the uh, filming of um, seasons. So like Amazing Race. They already had one in the can, but they delayed it because they were already edited down to 60-minute episodes. So they, they took right. the next season, and then they made it 90 minutes. Anyway, well, now it turns out 
uh, they didn't really need to do that because Survivor and Amazing Race are going to continue with 90-minute episodes next year. Ah. Yeah. So um, CBS has revealed the premiere dates and primetime schedule for winter 2024. And um, big, big news. They're also going to, I think Survivor, they said here, the um, opening episode, so the uh, uh, the premiere is going to be a two-hour premiere. Wow. Yeah. Do, and you, then, is it be, do they say it's because most people stream it? And so maybe they're they feel less obligated to fit into that primetime TV format. No, I think it's because they want to extend it and and uh, oh. put more ads on it on the broadcast. Yep. Yep. You know, and it's easier, it's cheaper, right? If they have that same production to just keep mm-hmm. it going a little longer and then sell another half hour of ads. But the first two episodes of Survivor next season will be two hours long. Then they'll switch back to ninety minute episodes. So um, they go into detail here in Entertainment Weekly if you want to read about it. How you know they had to kind of film the season with the possibility of going longer or not going longer. You can imagine from a production standpoint, you don't really know the length of the episodes that you're filming and you have to create all these challenges and you you don't know, like, how are we going to fill up that extra half an hour? We don't know if it's going to get cut. That must have been from a production standpoint. That must have been a pain in the butt. But um, that's the the new world that we're living in. And uh, now the strikes are over, so hopefully things will return uh, slowly to uh, normal. Yeah, it'll be interesting. I don't mind a 90-minute Survivor. I think that's great. I'll take it. Yeah, especially when you're yeah. watching on streaming. Um, yeah. You just fast forward. I did think that. I didn't realize that they or were longer, but I, I kind of felt like they were longer, but I just yeah. didn't realize that they were. Okay, so there's a new term for when you're texting. You know, we say LOL, right? Yeah, but LOL Laugh apparently it's is dead. dead. We can bury it. It's gone. I don't think I'm ready to you, let go of LOL. You can thank the after party live because when your kids or your grandkids are texting you and they say this, I J B O L, you're going to go, what the heck is that? What the hell is going on? Is it right? And and so instead of asking, what does that mean? It looks like a computer language, like a programming language. I just burst out laughing. I-J-B-O-L. I just burst out laughing. You're welcome. You're going to be the coolest person at the Thanksgiving table because you know this. I don't think right? we need this one. I-J-B-O-L? No, it's too are you long. Still gonna, are you still going to LOL it? I often yeah, will just send a laughing school. face emoji. Yeah. Well, do you know that the kids don't like, uh, you know, I I like the uh, the laughing with the tears. So it's tilted to the side right. emoji. Um, and apparently that's not cool. <laughs> it makes you look like an old person. Those. Yeah, it yeah. makes you look like an old person. Uh, Mostly because we are an yeah, old person. Yeah, people kind of. say that's out of style. Using emojis like that has fallen out of style. That's dumb. Now they're using. You know what else I-G-B-O-L. is also out of style? Caring. I don't. I don't care. I just you don't, don't care what you think about my about uh, your acronyms. emoji use. Mm-hmm. I just burst out laughing. Is a slang term used to express laughter and delight, and it's not brand new. It was first used around two thousands, early twenty tens, um, late two thousands. They say early twenty tens, but it didn't gain popularity until recent years. IJBOL popularized around twenty twenty one by younger media users on TikTok or X, of course, now formerly known as Twitter. Rolling Gordon on the floor, laughing. Out. That's Rolling dead. On the floor. Yeah, I like that one. No. R O T F L. No. Now yeah. it's I I itch ball. I just no. burst out laughing. No. no. I'm rejecting it. Rejecting I'm trying I'm gonna try to put it into my usage. No, you're not. Ajibal. Ijibal. Yeah. <laughs> so stupid. 
This is what we've been reduced to. Um, <laughs> sorry. Um, speaking of uh, being reduced to, uh, this story about is uh, the story is about DNA. What we're all reduced to, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, but it's pretty interesting. Uh, let me get you a photo here or a diagram. Here we go. Uh, your baby's d DNA is being stored for decades in government labs and can be used in police investigations without your permission. This is outrageous. And New Jersey parents are now suing for rights to their infant's blood. Nearly every U.S.-born baby has blood drawn to check their risk for about 60 rare diseases within hours of coming into the world. And it's what really many... important. I mean, these are right. big diseases, and they could cure them in the hospital often. So you've right. got to have this panel of tests right when your kid is born. What many parents may not know is that these DNA samples can be stored in a government lab indefinitely, allowing law enforcement access to blood for investigations into a child's relative. A uh, 1996 cold case was solved last year after New, New Jersey police collected a baby's DNA without a warrant to investigate the child's father, grabbing the attention of some parents who are now suing state health officials over the storage practices. Um, the, let's see, a resident and of, of Cranberry, you know where that is, uh, told the Daily Mail that no, this I... is a true parent's right. <laughs> Google it. This is their body. This is their property. It's over in New Jersey. Uh, this is their body. This is their property taken from them uh, five, uh, from five years of being a minor, and the state is not required to give any justification. New Jersey can store samples for up to 23 years. While states, you think California is no. better? No, no, no. <clears throat> while other states like California, Massachusetts, and Maine are indefinite. Indefinite. So uh, you're saying they concerning. can store my child's blood for however long they want? Forever, ever. Wild. Forever, ever. Forever, ever. It's Phineas your most vulnerable says it sounds moment. like something out of the X-Files, honestly. Yeah, exactly. Something is take, uh, being taken from your child and you have no idea. Uh, genetic newborn testing started in the 1960s uh, with the hopes of detecting diseases, conditions that could kill a child or cause severe problems, as you're mentioning. Nurses mm -hmm. fill six spots on a, a special filter card when administering the screening. Then it's sent to a lab for testing, but leftover samples are stored for the specific allowed time. According to the state what? of Minnesota's website, samples are kept so that tests can be repeated, used to identify a missing or deceased child for medical research. A lot of times they don't even tell you. They just, they, um, they take the blood and then you, they give your baby to you and that your baby has like a little bandaid on its foot. Yeah. And they, they say, well, you. you say, what happened here? And they say, oh, we ha we're testing for a battery of diseases. And you say, oh, okay, you know. It's California, part of the whole process. California yeah. began storing samples indefinitely in a state-run biobank in 1983. That's creepy. That is outrageous. That should not be allowed. That is a huge violation of privacy. Most states I mean, have stored I, DNA since at least 2001. While I want criminals to be arrested, you can't do it by taking baby blood. That's, that's wild. Yeah. Some states, such as South Carolina and South Dakota, destroy the blood spots after a year or so as testing has become completed. Um, but anyway, yeah, approximately 29 states uh, provide pa parents with forms to refuse the screening, including Alabama, New York, and Nevada. Um, but yeah, uh, another thing for you to worry about. You're welcome. Uh, I mean, really, DNA database for everyone, says Beth. I, I can't believe they do that and that someone hasn't sued yet. Tell me it's a lawsuit because that needs to be a lawsuit. Yeah, That's needs not to cool. Be. Mm -mm. Yeah, coming to a um, court near you. Speaking of little babies, we got a brand new baby island. Uh, it just came out of the sea. Mm, look at it there. I love a you. This happened on the off the coast of Japan, right off of Iwo Jima in the Pacific Ocean. This unnamed island formed by an undersea volcanic eruption. 
Its rise from the ocean was documented in pictures taken by the country's maritime self-defense force on November 1st. So they saw it come out of the sea. See something, say something. (laughs) The photos show a small eruption sending a dark cloud of ash above this tiny little island, which is now part of the Osa... uh, Osawara Island chain. I wanted to say Osagawa, but it's Ogasawara. Ogasawara Island chain. It's monstrous. It's <laughs> what's up with us today? Um, the agency has been recording volcanic act activity in this area since last year, but the Earthquake Research Institute at the University of Tokyo confirms the island forming eruption took place October thirtieth. The magma had been building under the water for some time before it finally broke the surface. So this is about 750 miles south of mainland Japan, um, very close to Iwo Jima. The island is brand new. It's like literally right, right there. Right there. I don't know if they've named it yet. It's the world's newest island in the Japanese archipelago. I, I, I don't know if it has a name. Maybe they're still working on a name. Yeah. It probably has a name like NX125. Welcome, baby island. <laughs> uh, your DNA will be stored in a government database. That's exactly right. Yeah. Your magma your magma will be stored. You know that magma Maybe. is like, okay, boys, we're going to do it. This is our time. Let's go. Pretty exciting. It's <laughs> pretty good. Yeah. Speaking of uh, magma, uh, there's Ooh. magma here from In-N-Out Burger. Um Burger King or Burger King, Burger Chain in and out, not not Burger King. Wait, what? Has more <laughs> has more plans to take its famous double double and animal style fries beyond California. This time, they're going to New Mexico. On Tuesday, what? the California-based fast food chain announced that In and Out is headed to Albuquerque and expects to open a restaurant in twenty uh, by twenty twenty seven. We're excited to share that we'll be fully uh, in the four corners, serving our customers in New Mexico by twenty twenty seven. Uh, signed by owner and president Lindsay Snyder. She's like in her 30s, and she inherited all of In-N-Out. Can you imagine? Like, She's you loaded. Don't have, you don't have to work anymore, and you never have to pay for hamburger for the rest. She's of also a holy roller. Like they have their. their well, they all the, the matriarch was. Yeah. But, although, if you weren't a holy roller, but you could become like a bazillionaire by just pretending to be a holy roller, would you? Oh, totally. You're like John three sixteen on the bottom of praise, every cup. I'm all for praise, it. Keep it going. Praise Jesus and pump them yeah. out. Pump them out. Praise Jesus and give me the mansion. In and out. That's what a burger is all about. God bless have, America. Did you used to read that tagline when you did traffic mm, yeah. reports? Yeah, yeah. That's what a hamburger is all about. It's all about. Yes. That stuff gets in your brain. Um, <laughs> <laughs> business banking, personal banking, wealth management. At First Republic Bank, we're going out of business. Um, it's an exciting it's a privilege day for, to serve you. It's a privilege to serve you <laughs> until it's not because we're no longer in business. It's an exciting day for our company, uh, the in and out family and our customers. Stay tuned for more details. We're looking forward to serving quality burgers, fries, and shakes in Albuquerque. Mm. Hashtag in and out. Huge thank you to Nick with a big, big show of support for me today. Uh, $10. Kim is the KGO in exile MVP. You're cool too, John Daly. <laughs> oh, you're welcome. Kind of help launch Mark Thompson. Thank you, okay. Nick. Thank you for that. Um, make people me feel behind better the scenes about... don't really get credit, but we're kind of used to that. You know, until no, things you're awesome. go we love you. until things go horribly wrong. And then you saw what happened to me today. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't want you know what I'm. Uh, Mark's gonna try to call me later. I'm not answering the phone. Yeah, I don't want to hear. It. It's not gonna be a good call. What there are the many different happened? talents, and uh, it takes yeah. a lot to uh, do all of them. But um, 
You you make speaking sound easy, especially when mm. uh, I'm stumbling over words like monstrous. Oh, no. Okay, so I don't want to end with this story, but I do want to tell you, and it doesn't apply to anybody here, because we're all together, all of us in the chat, and, and me and John. For now. We're all here together, because like we want to spend time together, because oh. we're not going to be lonely, because we're hanging out together. But there is a story, and it makes sense to me, that lonely people are more likely to die sooner. So we are ending Pe with this. No. No, We're I'm going to do it really, I'll do it really quick so we can throw another one in. We're, people never visited by loved ones are more likely to die earlier. The study people say Jesus that Christ. those who don't see friends and family are 77% more likely to die of any cause. Even monthly visits can make a big, big difference. Everyone should visit friends and family at least once a month to prevent loneliness and reduce the risk of dying, dying sooner. This is research at the University of Glasgow. They've calculated not seeing loved ones at least once a month and living alone significantly increases people's risk of dying. So all I'm saying is, and you can find the study in The Guardian, visit your people, visit your grandma, visit your, you know, whatever, your mom, whoever is living alone. And then even if you're living alone, that visit helps you visit helps you too, because nobody wants to be lonely. We all need that connection. The end. Oh, yeah. So it kind of had a happy ending. Oh, I thought we were going to end with a happier story. No, no, I said the story kind of ended up oh. a little, a little happier. Yeah, we're going to yeah. do one more story. Okay. Um, well, this isn't happy if you're um, if you're looking to get wet, uh, married and Yosemite. But according to park officials, there's a there's currently a crushing demand and a huge number of applications for Yosemite wedding permits. I didn't even know that was a thing. Wedding permits for Yosemite. So it's a long, Are those long people list. getting married on the side of Half Dome on the side of a cliff. Hmm. I thought maybe that was a stunt photo, but I guess it's real. Yeah. My question is why. <laughs> uh, Adriana Cross and her husband, Stephen Alvin Alvin. Uh, who list themselves as Yosemite elopement photographers on their website, are available f to adventurous souls seeking the ultimate commitment in Mother Nature's cathedrals, such as Yosemite, Sequoia, and Kings Canyon National Park, Big Sur, Mammoth Lakes, to name a few. We started doing these traditional weddings, and it, re it wasn't really what we loved. We initially didn't think there was a huge market for elopements, but we were very, very wrong. Wrong indeed. Krauss and Alvin estimated 80% of their annual workload now takes place at Yosemite just some of the many elopements that happen in the park every year. Though official figures aren't available, it doesn't take a trained eye to spot bride after bride after bride roaming the park for a photo session during peak season. That's got to be annoying. You just, just want to go to Yosemite and enjoy yourself and there's all those weddings everywhere. Uh, it opened up mm -hmm. as a possibility that they never considered before the pandemic. People were quite glad that they had the excuse not to invite as many people. I think this is the thing that we're, the trend, right, is that people are looking for reasons not to invite others to their wedding. That's what I'm picking up. You know, let's just fly yeah. to Hawaii so we get like Kim and have the least possible mm -hmm. number of people because we don't want to be bothered <laughs> <laughs> or you don't want to like serve food for all those people. I don't know. Um, there is a catch, though, per official park rules. And there are a lot of them. Only bridal parties of fewer than 11 may venture off the list of recommended elopement sites to choose a pre-approved pla uh, place all their own within the park boundaries. So, yeah, you have to kind of find uh, hidden spots. They say we use that time in our off season to find secret corners that nobody knows about. That's the advantage of hiring somebody local or a photographer that's shot in Yosemite several times. Hmm. Um, the initial list of popular places include Cathedral Beach, Glacier Point, Tenaya Lake, Tuolumne Grove, and yes, Bridalville Fall. Uh, I guess that's the perfect name for a 
a waterfall. To begin yeah, the $150 permitting process, couples are asked to fill out a detailed form that includes preferred and backup dates, locations, and times. The park tries to avoid ceremonies happening at the same time. Um, so anyway, that's kind of a happy story, right? Yeah, that is, is that a, a happy story. a better thing story. to end with? Yeah, I like marriages. You have to get a, get your permit, get, go rocking and rolling. Uh, looking for any breaking news on APEC, we just had the three people rappel down the Transamerica Pyramid. Well, that's kind of fun, but they did it as part of a performance art piece, and it was permitted. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so we'll keep on it. It looks like everything's going well at this point. Uh, and of course, President Biden and Xi Jinping set to meet on Wednesday in San Francisco. Thank you to Doug for the $10. So awesome. Wes for the five. We have Julie for the five as well. And Nick for the 10. You guys rock. Thank you for supporting the After Party Live. John and I will be back at it tomorrow here on the After Party Live. Have a great and afternoon, everybody. Have a great afternoon. Thanks to Lee and Susan S. We appreciate everybody Yay. helping us keep the Bye, show guys. going. That's it. Have a great afternoon. Bye-bye.